Ascension News. Why we resist waking up. You are not here to play small. You are not here to work in some dull, dead-end job. You're not here to endure unhappy relationships or feel helpless or stuck. You are here to wake up to the fullness of your own light, your true brilliance and your inner untapped potential. This intention was set well before you entered this lifetime. You plan to become a servant within this grand scheme of awakening. Until you wake up in this body of bone and blood, you have no idea of what you're truly capable of. You can only realise and actualise this capability when you get on track with your mission. The question is, are you going to take the red pill or the blue pill? A cosmic perspective on resistance. It felt like a good idea at the time. As a starseed entering this world, you may feel a bit like someone who has signed up for a parachute jump. It sounded a good idea in the planning stage. But now you're in the plane, the door opens, you feel the wind on your face, it does not seem such a good idea. When you look down at the earth far below, you definitely start to have second thoughts. Welcome to planet earth. You jump and notice that gorgeous thing called gravity, embracing you with open arms. Gone is the connection and light of the spirit worlds, the feeling of unity consciousness. You jump and hope for a good landing. Falling asleep in this 3D world. When you arrive on planet earth, you forget your mission. You have some vague idea that you're here to do something, but that's as far as it goes usually. Please note you're not on a mission to suffer. You are not here to understand the world. You are here to create a new one. You have arrived at a time when the world is shifting out of a period of great spiritual darkness. You're a part of a wave of light working here to create a new world. This process is not easy. Before accepting this mission, you knew there were challenges. Resistance is a normal part of waking up in the ascension process. In fact, everyone on the planet has resistance. As we know, we're passing through a powerful time in our collective awakening. The planet is ascending out of 3D and shaking loose much of which is old or outdated or dark. The planet has already ascended into the 4D bandwidth. This means we have greater access to experiences such as synchronicity, flow and miracles. The story, of course, does not end there, since it is the destiny of the planet to ascend into a higher 5D bandwidth. There are many starseeds on the planet assisting in this collective ascension process. Waking up can be graceful or challenging. Some starseeds have fallen deeply asleep, and so the process of awakening tends to be a little bit more dramatic to compensate. Awakening can also be graceful, and at the graceful end, Awakening can seem like planning a trip to a new country. It feels exciting, though there are practical challenges to ensure the trip is ultimately successful. At the more challenging end, the journey is triggered by some unexpected event, perhaps an illness, a divorce, a betrayal, a redundancy, a powerful encounter with plant medicine, and so on. Whatever the process, whether graceful or challenging, resistance is natural. I found as a rule of thumb that the bigger the intended step, the bigger the intended awakening, the bigger will tend to be your resistance to the process. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Starseeds are here with a mission to help anchor a higher frequency of light, love and possibility on the planet. This alone is a huge mission, but there is more. Many come with very specific missions, such as to work with energy, light, or to heal the earth, or work with the various kingdoms of the earth, or to specifically break certain 3D systems. And there are starseeds such as Julian Assange and groups such as Anonymous that are doing this. Some others come with missions to help other starseeds awaken, or perhaps even parent starseeds, and help them on their path. 
Many starseeds are sensitive and intuitive and are drawn to work as channels, healers and spiritual teachers. However, starseeds are not immune to resistance and if anything they have their own particular brand or flavour of resistance. Starseeds, like everyone else, learn to live within a tight comfort zone. The guardians of this zone are things like apathy, doubt, fear, hurt and other forms of resistance. Starseeds in this tight zone forget their multidimensional nature and have a sense of being disconnected from their own light and from source energy. The energy grids around and within the Earth are shifting. Now I was born in the late 50s when the old karmic Earth grid was very much in place and the new crystalline grid hadn't formed. I grew up connected to this old Earth energy and when I came to the spiritual path was taught grounding. But most of the spiritual teachers I met did not really know that a new Earth grid was forming. In sessions I find that most starseeds as clients are still far too much connected to the old Earth grid. It's a simple matter to teach our energy fields to align with a new grid and dissolve the old. When this happens, starseeds feel increasingly at home on this new ascending timeline. This alignment helps reduce resistance to awakening to their full power and potential. Starseeds are here to end an ancient darkness. This planet is now a sacred planet, an ascending planet. For thousands of years, this planet was a low-frequency dark planet where dark forces had been in control, manipulating the masses. Even for a starseed who has not awoken, there's a deep feeling that something's not right in the planet. Many starseeds are super sensitive and feel lower frequencies around them. Many have been subjected to psychic attack on the astral planes. Many have a deep desire to escape this dimension. There can be a fear in waking up and shining the light too brightly. Carry unresolved karma from other systems ruled by the dark. Orion is a classic example. This is something that has to be faced during the awakened process. When I was waking up, back in the 90s, early 90s, I had a strong memory of being burnt alive for being a witch. This was a terrifying vision in meditation, ultimately became very liberating. It helped me understand some of the patterns I was carrying and my fear of persecution for my new age beliefs. The unique challenges for starseeds. As mentioned, starseeds are super sensitive and learning energetic boundaries is important. Also learning how to release other people's energy Internal resistance can be amplified when other people's energy is absorbed in the physical, etheric, emotional, mental bodies. This increases our innate resistance. So if someone is naturally doubtful, this can be amplified by taking the doubt of others. If someone has an issue with self-love, then absorbing angry or hateful energies can amplify a highly critical and judgmental ego, which compounds the problem of self-love. A more earthly perspective on resistance from personal experience, I know resistance is normal. Resistance tends to feel painful at some level. It can manifest as physical, emotional or mental dis-ease. Stress and tension are signs of internal conflict, signs of resistance. We want to do one thing but feel obliged to do something else. I'm certain that much illness and disease across the planet would be reduced if we found ways to deal with our inner resistance. Starseeds are just as prone to the very earthly reasons for resisting their path as any earthseed, someone who's been locked in this reincarnational cycle of the earth for a long time. Starseeds, of course, are incredible. They come with a unique energy field, a unique form of consciousness, a unique intelligence. They have unique skills and expertise gathered from many lifetimes in many dimensions of experience. However, starseeds are not superhuman. They come through the birth canal into a body of bone and blood. They enter into families, whether joyful, functional or not they have relationships and many enter the world of work. All this exposes us to the kind of earthly resistance patterns, some of which are old and some very new. 
Our ego is programmed to resist. Resistance comes when the soul impulses the personality to awaken. Our ego selves have developed over time to keep us safe in an unpredictable and volatile world. Actually, the term ego I use applies to a whole family of selves. It's not one fixed thing. As we grow up, we learn there are dangers and our ego becomes an automatic protection system. But often it goes too far in this role. The ego seeks to protect us and does not understand the impulse to awakening. Its job is to protect us from threats such as falling flat on our face, disappointment, humiliation, going broke, madness and more. It sees life as a series of threats to be dealt with, very much like white cells in the blood that attack any invading bacteria or virus. Similarly, our ego will defend us from the light. The ego does not understand the evolutionary process involved right now. The ego does not understand nor trust the power and brilliance of your higher self. Resistance is like the brake pedal in a car. It has a function and a usefulness. The problem comes when we have one foot on the accelerator and the other on the brake pedal. There is no movement and at the same time there's a great deal of strain on the vehicle that builds the longer the resistance is maintained. Resistance comes in many forms. Busyness is perhaps the most common form of resistance we have in our modern world. There's always so much to do, a constant demand in our time and energy. Work is not now contained within the nine to five. At some level we keep this going to avoid the elephant in the room, so to speak. Apathy is another common form of resistance, the feeling of being unmotivated. There seem so many obstacles to moving forward and it just takes so much energy, so better do nothing. Confusion is another resistance. We live in an age of information overload. Too much information leading to too many possibilities. And some people feel they need to research endlessly before taking a step forward. This is of course resistance. Powerless is another powerful resistance. Perhaps we feel embedded in a system of control. We feel we have no say in how those systems operate. We seek to change but do not feel we have the power to make change happen. This sometimes can lead to fantasy, which is an escape from reality. Addiction to computer games is a big form of resistance these days. Drama and conflict are other very common forms of resistance. Please remember that the world is our mirror. Life is constantly giving us feedback. What seems to be coming from the outside is actually reflecting something on the inside. In my life, conflict has been one of the forms of resistance that has shown up in those moments where I could choose a higher way. Conflict is usually painful, but it's familiar, which is why we choose it over our soul's destiny. Self-sabotage is another form of resistance, tripping ourselves up in different ways, sometimes literally doing so and creating accidents. Again, the program goes, better the devil you know. We often resist the unfamiliar, even if the familiar does not feel that great. Resistance is a form of control, and with control, there's usually a lack of trust. A lack of trust in spirit or high intelligence or even our own capability to make the journey. The head seeks to control the heart. The head has a useful function, but it's not in charge of our awakening. If we try and run our lives from logic, planning, then we will shy away from the awakening process. Overthinking and over-rationalization are classic forms of resistance. The heart is the true director of our awakening, since the heart is more in touch with our higher nature. When the head is in charge, there is control, and with control comes uncertainty, doubt, and fear. Do not use your family as an excuse. I know this can be challenging, since when I got the call to awaken in the early 90s, I was married with two young children. The choice to leave broke my heart. My ex-wife was strongly against my spiritual interests, and at a certain point it was clear I had to choose between the two. 
I of course chose the spiritual journey, and this evoked great feelings of guilt which felt very painful for quite a time. I learnt to breathe through the waves of guilt that lasted for some 18 months or so. Now I am much further along the journey, I am very glad I chose the path. I have a very good relationship with my son and daughter, and also with my two granddaughters. Taking the journey has helped develop much resources within me and awaken so many layers of light that I can now offer so much to others, including my children and grandchildren. I am now a fierce advocate of the light, a fierce advocate of my children and grandchildren. I encourage my granddaughters to trust themselves and the higher intelligence in the universe. Now I can only do this because I chose the journey. If I had refused the journey, what on earth could I offer them? I'd probably be just another adult around them, telling them to stay safe and not do anything too weird like follow your heart or your heartfelt dreams. Do not use money as an excuse. I have met many wealthy people that feel they do not have enough money or resources in life. I met one wealthy banker some years ago who told me if only he earned another 100000 a year, he would be able to do what he wanted to do in life. I told him at the time that what he lacked was not money but enough clarity and courage. When I left the world of 3D work behind in 1997, I resigned with no savings and a property in negative equity. This was challenging but I knew I could not use money as an excuse not to take the journey. Money is simply the fuel for the journey. Sometimes we have to learn to simplify our lives, especially where we're carrying too much weight. Twice in my life I've given away nearly all my possessions and started again from scratch. This was a very powerful experience. Do not use a lack of qualifications as, as an excuse. And this is something I can very much relate to. For years I believed that somehow I'd missed the boat because of my lack of academic qualifications. It's quite common that someone refused the journey because they do not feel qualified enough. Sometimes underneath this form of resistance is feeling not ready for the journey. Now perhaps there's a real need to go through a time of training or acquiring new skills or resources. This is all well and good. But please be aware that taking an academic path can be a form of resistance. I have met many clients who use this as a form of delaying stepping onto their true path. There are a few degrees these days that can really prepare you for the journey you must take. The resistance of overdoing. Now this seems a strange one on the surface because it can look like we're not really in resistance. There are those who do lots of dangerous stuff such as high risk adventure sports. There are those that love driving fast cars. Others love exploring faraway places and doing out there things. Now these activities are great, but they become resistance when they're done as a way of escaping from something more real. When someone is locked in lots of doing, there may be a resistance in simply being. For instance, many are terrified of intimacy and would rather climb a mountain than share an intimate moment with another person. Taking action in the world is a wonderful way to know ourselves. We learn how to navigate challenges and move meaningfully into experiences that help us feel more joyful and alive. Excessive doing can be an escape from exploring your inner life. Looking within helps us know how we truly feel, what we truly value, and helps us connect with the impulses of the soul. The resistance of overbeing. Equally, meditation and other explorations of being can also be a form of resistance. It's all about balance. There are times in my life where I felt the call to meditate for hours on end. This was a powerful time where I explored many layers of my being and inner worlds. But there was a time where I knew I had to engage more meaningfully with the outside world. There was time to get a job and earn money. If I had continued meditating and refused the impulse, I would have been in resistance. Focusing on the dream of another can be resistance. 
This is not always the case, and there are many great projects initiated by others that offer us new possibilities, new experiences, new skills, new connections. We may join a project for a time, but then resist moving on and doing something more in alignment with our own soul calling. Resistance comes when it feels easier to put time and energy into a project rather than working on your own dreams. Now I worked for many years in a not-for-profit organisation which did amazing work. I was totally inspired by the organisation even before I went to work there. Many of the skills in internet marketing, copywriting and audio editing I learnt there. I loved this organisation and many of the people became dear friends for life. On the other hand, at a certain point I felt I'd stopped growing. The message I was hearing from many different authors, spiritual authors, I'd heard many times before in so many different ways. Something was calling me, I didn't know what it was. Deep down, I knew it was time to leave, and on reflection, I should have left perhaps a few years earlier. There were signs I chose to ignore. So please be mindful if you're resisting your own work by helping to build the dream of another, no matter how worthy. Resistance and beyond. If you listen to the whispers, you do not need to hear the shouts. This is a saying in metaphysical circles, meaning the more we tune into our inner wisdom, the more we're able to hear the whispers guiding us along the path. If we ignore the whispers, we'll eventually hear the shouts, meaning the universe will give us a kind of helping hand or a slap to move on. This helping hand, and certainly the slap, may feel unwelcome, but at a deeper level our soul has initiated the change. In my story about working for the non-profit organisation and overstaying my time there, I was ignoring the signs. I was ignoring my feelings. Our higher self and guides are always speaking to us through all kinds of channels. Perhaps a conversation that touches you, perhaps a message within a film. But if we're in resistance, we will miss the messages. We will filter them out. If we doubt the light, we will always doubt the signs. Now I had a coaching session many years ago with a coach who's now a good friend told me some years later about this session. And in the session he asked me what was truly in my heart And I replied something like, making writing and being an author the centre of my life. He asked me what it would take to make that happen. Now, I completely have forgotten this conversation, but he reminded me of it. He told me my reply was that I would need to leave the organisation that I'd loved so much. Now, even after being reminded of this conversation, I have no recollection of ever saying it. This is a sure sign that resistance was running in me at some level. There are different methods to deal with resistance. The Dalai Lama once said, Know your enemy, for your enemy is a good teacher. When we turn and face our resistance and learn to handle it, we're in a sense growing up. We're upgrading our ego selves. There are many ways to do this, and I have my own method within the Soul Matrix healing system. And this system is one amongst many. I have found that awareness is always better than ignorance. When we know our resistance pattern, we're more able to handle them and do something about them. Generally, as a rule, I have found that acceptance and surrender work better than control and hanging on. When we surrender and accept our mission, life opens up in so many unexpected and miraculous ways. There is a brilliant motto, feel the fear and do it anyway. We are usually most afraid of where we need to go, most afraid of the step we need to take. Now, there is a a distinction between resistance and intuition. And this was a lesson I learned in my late 30s. I was dating someone and felt that we should just be friends. When I told her, she said, how do you know that's not your fear speaking? And at the time, I couldn't answer. So I went away and really examined this. How did I know the difference? Well, after a few weeks, I managed to work it out. The good news of this story is that we remain very good friends. Everyone has a different answer to this question, of course. 
I'm assuming for most people there'll be a feeling between the two that's different. Please take time to reflect on how would you answer this question. Examine and update your limiting stories. It's natural for us to attempt to make sense of the world. We try to see patterns in our reality. We do this from a very young age. If we touch an open flame as a child, we learn that that dancing orange thing that looks so fascinating should not be touched. There are many other patterns that we learn. These patterns form our assumptions and belief about the world. These assumptions and beliefs form our stories about ourselves and the nature of reality. Every story we hold is limiting in some way. Stories can include ideas like life never works out, I do not have what it takes, I will never be successful, money flows through my hands like water, the system is always against me, corporations are evil, the world is unsafe, I will never find love and so on. Now with awareness comes change. Often these stories contain a great deal of emotion and lots of evidence that tell us that these stories are somehow true. Stories do not reflect the truth of reality, nor of ourselves. To reverse limiting stories, start with awareness and then look for evidence in your reality for the opposite. So, for example, if you believe that the world is a place of suffering, start actively noticing the joy around you. At first this might be difficult, because you've got a filter over joy coming in through all of your senses. But with perseverance you'll start to notice people actually smile. People actually laugh. Some actually know how to have fun. If you look deeply into the world, you'll see that your limited stories are all made up. And this realisation is very liberating. Working metaphorically with resistance. Resistance can often feel like an external blocking force, something opposing us in some way. Metaphorically, it may feel like walking through glue, facing a wide chasm, encountering a great void, being blocked by a huge mountain, or feeling locked or trapped in some cell. Our unconscious minds are always communicating to us metaphorically about our limiting stories, and we can work to reverse resistance in the same way. In many workshops over the years, I've helped many people break through walls, leap across impossible chasms, climb mountains, dissolve darkness, and escape from prison cells. Our imagination is an amazing gift that can be hijacked by our fear and resistance, and we can learn to take back our sovereignty over this amazing quality and use it to bust through our resistance. Some have called this mental rehearsal. If you can imagine it, you can do it. Learn to become very imaginative when it comes to dealing with resistance. For example, imagine there might be some metaphorical wall blocking you from moving forward in some way. Come up with several great imaginative ideas for breaking through the wall or going over or under it. Give yourself permission to be outrageously imaginative. For instance, how would it feel to drive a tank through the wall? How would it feel to fly over with a broomstick? Pushing creates resistance. Pushing is a sign of not being in the flow of life. Acceptance and surrender help us soften and re-enter the flow. We do not allow synchronicity and miracles to occur when we are pushing. If we're pushing, others may feel they're being pushed out of the way. Pushing is a 3D quality. It does not allow for a win-win situation. If you're pushing to get somewhere or obtain something, it might not actually be in your highest interest to get there or obtain that desired thing or experience. Trust that the universe will bring you your highest good. Avoid pushing, because this is a sign that you do not trust anything meaningful will happen unless you push to make it happen. Remember, you create your reality, and a belief that nothing will happen unless we make it happen creates its own results. Conscious action is liberating. On the other end of the spectrum from pushing comes not taking meaningful action. 
There is a saying in some magical circles that says, where there is fear, there is also power. Fear is an energy that when understood and embraced turns into excitement. I learned this lesson many years ago when I took my son at the age of 14, rock climbing and abseiling in the Lake District. Our instructor took us on a climb, then tied a rope around a large rock and said, here we are, we're gonna abseil down now. I looked down at some 300 foot drop to rocks below and I'd never abseiled before, nor had my son. My son took a look and said, I'm not doing that. Needless to say, we both did it, and we both felt it was one of the most invigorating experiences of our lives. As many who engage in such activities know, there is a thin line between fear and exhilaration. Often we can generate resistance by thinking too much. We may think about starting a business, but never take the step to make it happen. If we do this, we're feeding our doubts and fears. Life is meant to be a learning experience. Growth is one of the prime reasons why we're here. As Martin Luther King Jr. famously said, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. We are multidimensional beings, and there's much that's being released in this lifetime. So when resistance comes up, simply notice it and breathe. Embrace your resistance rather than berating yourself. Own your fear and all forms of resistance so that it does not own you. Trust your inner wisdom and the higher intelligence that work in your life to show you the next step. Quit over planning and start dreaming. Embrace courage. Many people do courageous things while feeling afraid. It's important to trust you have the strength and resources to find your way. Once you accept the journey, do not expect challenges to end. They will not. Do not expect resistance to end. There will be times where you feel alone, unsure, afraid. This does not have to stop you. Find people who inspire and support you on the journey. It's important to know you're not alone. There are many helping you right now, even if you cannot see or feel them. The journey does not end with the first step. There will always be others. Each choice you make for the light for your journey helps to strengthen the light within you. And remember, you can always ask your higher self and guides for help. Please know you have all the resources within you to complete this mission. You're a map maker, pioneering consciousness, on a grand adventure of creating a new world. Do not fight resistance, understand it, embrace it. Resistance points the way. Your higher destiny is calling. The bigger the step, the more powerful the journey, the bigger the resistance. Know this, your resistance is temporary. Beyond all of your resistance lies your true gifts, your true brilliance, your true dreams. Many blessings.